And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Ness attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. Comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. Happy Easter. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, William Bendix stars in an Easter comedy episode of The Life of Riley from 1948. Then, Gildy and his family attend their Easter sunrise service on part one of The Great Gildersleeve from 1953. But first, let me say hello to my co-host, Lisa Wolf, who is wearing an Easter bonnet. Wow, that looks great on you, Lisa. Thank you, Carl. I always wear an Easter bonnet at Easter. Why wouldn't wear I? Wear an Easter bonnet. Put wear all upon it. Right? Yeah, I can't join What in was with the you song, Mike? One. I don't know. I have no idea. No. Yeah, I don't know no. what you're trying to do. I'm, no. Well, it's going way back and trying to sing a song from even before my time. That's why I don't know the words. Okay. There well, must it's good be a to reason. see you, Lisa. Thank you. Glad to be Where's here. Where's my Carl? Easter egg? Oh, I've got, I've got a whole uh, bag full of chocolate goodies for you. Oh, Mike, do you have some Easter eggs for me? He may, not, I may do or not. may not share oh, for well, it with you. Well, thanks anyway. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, maybe we can get some from uh, William Bendix as The Life of Riley. Great. What do you think? Yeah? All right. Well, we have a comedy episode of The Life of Riley for you called The Giant Easter Bunny. It stars William Bendix. It has Paula Winslow in the cast along with John Brown with Ken Niles announcing... Here is part one now from 1948, The Life of Riley. Frell brings you The Life of Riley. Frell, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes and leaves hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Over the garden of Chester A. Riley's California bungalow, darkness has fallen. Darkness and silence. In the blackness of the backyard, our hero Riley stands. A solitary figure, alert and watchful. Waiting. Waiting. Ah, what's that? Footsteps on the gravel path. And now the fearless Riley grows tense. The footsteps come closer, closer. Suddenly, Riley leaps forward. Now I got you. No you struggling. You may be bigger than me, but I ain't afraid of you. Riley! Let go of me. Compton. It's you. Well. Oh. It's a good thing you yelled out when we started to fight. Otherwise, I might have got hurt. Oh. <laughs> Riley, what's the big idea scaring the wits out of people? What are you doing out in the garden this time of night? Shh, Peg. Not so loud. I'm watching. Watching what? My carrots. 
Oh. <laughs> For heaven's sake, Riley, why should anybody want to steal your carrots? Well, I think somebody found out that I got a secret fertilizer for making vegetables grow very big, and they want to steal it. Secret fertilizer? Yes. You mean that awful mixture you've been spreading around in the garden with that horrible odor? Uh, just a minute, Peg. Uh, to you, it's an awful mixture with a horrible odor. To me, it's my brainchild. There's nothing in my fertilizer but vitamins, rotten eggs, and stale fish. Oh, honest. Well, go ahead, laugh. They laughed at all the great scientists who were trying to benefit mankind. They laughed at Louis Pasteur when he gave microbes to humanity. Well, come on in the house, Louis. Well. All right, make fun. Great men are never appreciated by their wives. Someday I'll be famous. Whenever people see fertilizer, they'll think of me. Well, you may be right. Now, come on in. No, I'm watching for this carrot crook. And when I catch him, I... Peg, look, the prowler, there he is. Where? Over there in the garden, there in the shadows. Oh, Riley. <laughs> well, it's only a rabbit. A rabbit? Oh, <laughs> Well, I'll fix him. Where's a stick? I'll scare the daylights out of him. Oh, Riley, it's late. Come on in. Oh, okay, okay. But you don't know rabbits. By tomorrow, there'll be more rabbits than I can shake a stick at. <laughs> Say, uh, did Babs get me some more stale fish from the market? Well, I don't know. She's out the movies with Simon Vanderhopper. Simon Vanderhopper? That sofa loafer? I told you I don't want that Simon taking my daughter to the movies. Now, what's wrong with the movies? I've been in them movies. I've seen what goes on with the younger generation in them balconies. <laughs> what if Simon does hold Babs' hands? Holding hands is one thing. Doing it with a half Nelson is another. <laughs> Good night, Simon. Good night, Babs. Thanks for taking me to the movies. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for lending me the money. <laughs> oh, it was really a fascinating picture. Yes. Especially that scene where the orchestra plays Ravel's bolero. Sitting next to you in the dark, listening to the passionate beat of the drums, brought out the primitive beast in me. Before I knew what I was doing, I ate three bags of ladyfingers. You better go before my father hears us and comes out. Well, I'll go. But first, kiss me. I will not. Kiss me, woman. Let's live dangerously. <laughs> Simon, what's gotten into you? That's the way I am. You don't know the real me. On the surface, I'm like a quiet lake. But I got a terrific undertow. <laughs> I love you, Babs. I love you madly. Simon, for heaven's sakes, will you go if my father catches you? Gee, I don't understand why your father can't learn to like me. My father learned to like me. <laughs> Maybe if I went in and had a man-to-man -man talk with him. Maybe. But wait till after tomorrow. Daddy was in a bad mood tonight. He's in charge of an Easter party down at his lodge, and he's having a terrible time trying to think up clever stunts for the children. Say... He might change his attitude if I helped him. Helped him? How? Have you got an idea? Well, at the party, I could dress up like an Easter rabbit. A rabbit? Oh, Simon, that's wonderful. The children would love a big rabbit. Isn't it lucky I have buck teeth? 
go tell my father. No, he might not want to listen. Let's surprise him. I'll rent a big rabbit suit, and tomorrow night I'll put it on and sneak in through your garden. <laughs> Somebody's gonna get a big surprise. Yoo-hoo, Mr. Riley. <laughs> it's me, Waldo Benny. Oh, hello, Waldo. How are you? Oh, my sagging sacroiliac. <laughs> Seems my dear wife got an anonymous Easter card and she recognized my handwriting. No kidding. Well, what did you say on the card, Waldo? It was a poem. Uh-huh. The little buds grow into flowers when Easter comes our way. And you, my darling, you grow too. You grow five pounds a day. <laughs> oh, Waldo, now that was mean. No wonder your wife got sore. Oh, she was furious. Yeah. And she took her revenge, too. Oh, she's cruel. Well, what did she do? She reported me to my scoutmaster. <laughs> oh, that's tough, Waldo. Why did you ever marry your wife, anyway? Well, you know how it is with us Boy Scouts. Yeah. We're supposed to help old ladies across the street. <laughs> One day I did, but when we got to the other side, she wouldn't let me go. Good night, Mr. Riley. It's getting late. Yeah, I know, but I'm staying out here. I got to watch my carrots. Last night, there was a little rabbit nibbling at them. If I ever lay my hands on that rabbit, my wife's coat will have a new mink color. <laughs> Mr. Riley, are you still experimenting with your fertilizer? Oh, yeah. I call it Riley Grow. It's going to make my vegetables so big, I'll have to pull them out of the ground with a bulldozer. I'll make a fortune. Oh, that'll be fine. Yeah, it's a... uh, Mr. Riley. What's the matter, Waldo? Look, there's something moving out there in the garden. Oh, it must be that rabbit. See? In the dark there, over by the fence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's all white and... Holy smoke! Heavens to Betsy! Jumpin' catfish! Oh, my stars! Waldo! Do you see what I see? Yes, I see it. A rabbit, five feet tall! <laughs> oh, my... My, he's coming towards us. Save me, Mr. No, Riley. Don't be scared, Waldo. Don't be scared. I'll protect you. Stand in front of me. <laughs> Come closer. Well, get away. Oh, shoo. 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 Get away. It's all right. It's all get right. Get away, you. It's all right, Mr. Riley. You can stop now. He's huh? gone. Stop. Oh. oh, he's gone. Oh. Waldo, I, I still can't believe it. Maybe we just imagined that rabbit. Oh, no, we didn't. Look. There's his huge footprints. No, that rabbit was real enough. But how can it be a rabbit over five feet tall? I, that's impossible. How could he grow so big with... with... Waldo. Huh? I got it. It's my fertilizer. <laughs> well, what's that got to do with it? I used it on those carrots to make them grow big. And last night when I saw that rabbit, he was small. He was eating my carrots. And now, that's it, Waldo. That's it. But it didn't make the carrots big. I don't understand it. Do you understand radar or atoms or plutonium, uranium, and palladium? <laughs> no, but they work. Mr. Riley, you're right. Uh, You've made a tremendous earth-shaking discovery. You're a great man. Yeah. I can see the newspaper headline now. Ignoramus becomes genius. <laughs> Are you feeling better now, Simon? Oh, I think so, Babs. I think I can walk now. Come on, let's get out of this neighborhood before your father catches me. 
But I don't understand. Didn't Daddy like your idea? I couldn't tell. He was too busy throwing rocks. Him and that little boy he had with him. (laughs) You know, the minute he saw me, he must hate me. No, Simon. We're going back in there and explain to Daddy. Oh, no, no. He'll kill me. Simon Vanderhopper, I despise a coward. Now, come on. All right. But not in this rabbit suit. I'll leave it here in my car. If I have to die for you, Babs, I'll die like a man, not like a rabbit. (laughs) Mr. Riley, I just can't get over it. You, a famous scientist. Famous? I'll be notorious. Just think. Someday your brain will be in Cornell University. Yeah. In a bottle. (laughs) I can hardly wait to see it. You know, it's amazing. Just think, Waldo, what this discovery means. One bite out of one of my carrots... Oh, and oh, Mr. Riley. What's the matter, Waldo? You've been eating those carrots, too? Oh, yeah, sure. Delicious, too. But good heavens, don't you see? If the stuff works on rabbits, then... Waldo, you mean I'm going to grow? No, 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 it ain't possible. In science, anything is possible. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Waldo, what am I going to do if I grow? Now, 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 pull yourself together, Mr. Riley. Lots of people admire tall men. But that rabbit grew five times its size. I'll be 30 feet high. (laughs) Now, now, don't be an alarmist. You probably won't be more than 15 feet high. But I don't want to be 15 feet high. Where'll I live? My bedroom's too small. I'll have to sleep with my feet sticking out the window. The milkman's horse will lick them every... No, 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 no. Keep calm, Mr. Riley. Daddy, are you in the kitchen? That's bad. Don't tell her about this. Not yet. Oh, my poor family. They always wanted me to be a big man. Now look. Daddy, Simon's here and... Simon. I got enough trouble without that pest. Now wait, Mr. Riley. I can explain. Simon! But, Mr. Riley, give me a chance. Simon! Get out of this house. All right. But someday you'll learn to like me. You'll see. In time, I'll grow on you. I don't want you growing on me. Right now, I'm growing on myself. Well, actually, the five-foot rabbit that Riley saw in his vegetable garden was really his daughter's boyfriend, Simon who dressed up in a rented rabbit costume. But poor Riley is certain that his own secret fertilizer, which he had put on his carrots, is responsible for raising this gigantic rabbit. Having eaten some of the same carrots himself, Riley now fears that he is about to grow into a giant. But his family has no inkling of what's going on. Mother, isn't it time Daddy got up? He has to get down to his lodge and get ready for the Easter party. Oh, let him sleep a little longer, Babs. I I don't think your father's well. What's the matter? Well, I don't know. It, it started last night at dinner. He wouldn't eat a bite. And he usually loves rabbit stew. <laughs> and four times during the night, he got out of bed and measured himself in the mirror. <laughs> but why? Well, he wouldn't tell me. I hope he'll be all right for the Easter party. Oh, I don't think it's anything serious. Now, you go wake up Junior, dear, and tell him to get dressed. Oh, did the tailor bring Junior's trousers? Yes. Uh, let's see, where'd I put them? Oh, yes, I left them on the chair in Daddy's bedroom. 
Shall I go in and get them? Oh, no. No, let your father have another few minutes sleep. He needs it. Oh, I wish I knew what was worrying him. Five feet, seven feet, ten feet, twelve feet. I can't stop growing. Now my head is hitting the ceiling. What'll I do? I'll knock my brains out. Riley, wake I, up. Uh, wake up, dear. Huh? Time to get up, dear. Oh. Oh, it's you, Peg. Oh, thank heaven it was only a dream. Hurry up and get dressed. I'll get your breakfast ready. Okay. Okay, I'll be dressed in a minute. Uh, where's my pants? Oh, oh, here they are on a chair. Oh, gosh, I wish I could go back to bed. No, I better get my pants on. That's funny. They're so tight. What's happening? No, it can't be. The pants won't pull up. They're too small. And I ain't even up to my wide part. It's happening. I knew it. I'm getting too big for my britches. I'm growing, just like the rabbit. I'm getting bigger by the second. I feel it. My throat, it's swelling up. I need air. The window. Oh, this is terrible. My body keeps growing. What can I do with such a big body? Oh, there, Riley. I brought you some lily. Happy Easter. (laughs) Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell. The friendly undertaker. <laughs> oh, hello, Digger. Tell me, Riley, why are you leaning out the window in that odd fashion? I'm breathing. Breathing? Uh. I inhabit. <laughs> Don't stop on my account. <laughs> Listen, Digger, I'm in trouble. Come in the house. Can you come in through this window? It's rather high, but I'll try. Ah, good, you made it. It's a trick of the trade. You've heard of the fireman's leap? This is the undertaker's fault. (laughs) Good heavens, Riley, look at your trousers. Yeah, I know. Listen, Digger, what would you say if I told you I suddenly begun to grow again? And soon I'll be 15 feet tall. 15 feet? That would upset certain plans I've made for you. (laughs) I bought you a bathrobe for your birthday. It's only size 42. Oh, it's awful, Digger. I'm like Frankenstein. I've created a monster. And I'm the monster. That's absurd, Riley. You look the same to me. However, to make sure, I'll measure you. Lie down. (laughs) No. Measure me standing up. Well, there's a first time for everything. Now, let's see. Mm Mm-hmm. Just as I thought. You're still five foot eleven. Are you sure, Digger? But these pants, look at them, they hardly... Wait a minute. What's this in my pocket? Marbles. (laughs) When did I play marbles last? (laughs) Oh, Digger. These are Junior's pants. (laughs) And I thought I was growing. (laughs) I guess my formula only makes rabbits grow. Yeah, that's it. Rabbits, Riley? What rabbit? Well, there was a big rabbit in my garden. I've been gardening, you see. Gardening? Oh, I approve of that hobby. 
Recently, I was elected president of the UEPBTTSM. UEPBTTSM? The Undertakers, Embalmers, and Paul Darrow's Back to the Soil Movement. <laughs> A lot of people are going back to the soil, and I'm here to help them. <laughs> oh, gee, I sure feel better. Well, I'm going to enjoy my Easter holiday after all. Ah, Easter is my favorite holiday. This morning I gathered my kitties about me, and we colored a dozen eggs in a variety of gay, striking colors. Black, light black, ebony black, midnight black, and pitch black. What, did they come out okay? When it comes to dying, I know my business. What? Digger, a dozen eggs, all black? All except one. My youngest son, Mossbank, insisted on a white egg. He's the black sheep of the family. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. That's part one of the life of Riley. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to an Easter episode of The Life of Riley. Come along, Digger. Watch your head going through the window. Oh, what a sweet guy. Always ready to give people a lift. <laughs> Riley, aren't you dressed? Oh, Riley! Your pants! My pa Oh, oh, my pants, yeah. Yeah, don't get frightened, Peg. I tore Junior's pants when I got into them because I was 15 feet tall. You were 15 feet tall? Yeah. Dear, why don't you get back into bed? I'll call a doctor. I don't need a doctor. I, I mean, I thought I was 15 feet tall. Riley, dear, please get back into bed. Bed? What the... Oh... Oh, you think I'm crazy? Well, I got a good logical reason for thinking I was 15 feet tall. Oh, you you have? Well, sure. Because the rabbit I saw in the garden was over five feet tall. I see. The rabbit was five feet tall. Please, Peg, stop feeling my forehead. I ain't crazy. But, but you're talking so foolish. I'm not... Oh, oh, no wonder you think I'm nuts. You don't know why the rabbit is five feet tall. Why, dear? Tell me. On account of he's been eating my carrots that I grew with my secret formula. It makes rabbits grow ten times their size, you see? And when the... Oh. Oh. Hank, this is terrible. I didn't realize... Now, that. Riley, please control yourself. Look what I've let loose in the world. Do you know what'll happen when five-foot rabbits begin chasing each other all over Hollywood and Vine? <laughs> It'll be the end of civilization. Oh, now, Riley, listen. You didn't see a five-foot rabbit. And even if you did, it's only one rabbit. Yeah, now it's only one rabbit. <laughs> But spring is in the air. <laughs> Suppose that rabbit decides to get married. But, Riley, please... Pretty soon there'll be so many big rabbits, us humans will be driven to the woods. There'll be rabbits in the streets, rabbits in our homes. Rabbits will be going into restaurants and ordering Welsh Riley. Riley, 
stop this crazy talk. Let me go, Peg. I gotta trap that rabbit and keep him a bachelor. <laughs> but you couldn't have seen a five-foot rabbit. I tell you, I did see Now, a... you listen to me. What happened to you is... is what they call an optical illusion. You may have seen a rabbit in the garden, but it was only a little rabbit, and you thought... Well, Babs, I got the rabbit suit on again. How do I look? Simon, maybe we better forget about this whole thing. Oh, no, it's a great idea. I'll be tops with your father after this. Where is dear old Daddy? Uh, well, he's still dressing in his room. He'll be out any minute. Boy, Whittley comes in. When he sees a big rabbit sitting here in his Morris chair, it'll knock his eyes out. So you see, Riley, it was all your imagination, now, wasn't it? Come on, now, admit it. Yeah. Yeah, Peg, you're right. You convinced me. I imagined the whole thing. <laughs> Boy, that Waldo Benny's stupid, isn't he? <laughs> well, I'm glad that's cleared up. <laughs> Now, look, dear, you relax while I get this room straight. The Sunday paper's in the living room in your Morris chair. Okay, Duncan, I'll get it. <laughs> Imagine thinking I saw a five-foot rabbit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Only lunatics see five-foot rabbits. <laughs> Why, I ought to... Yep! Yeah. Hey, he's in there. Who? The rabbit. He's sitting in my Morris chair. The rabbit? Now, Riley, don't start... Shh, I'm going to look again. Whoop! Now he's reading the Sunday paper. This has gone far enough. Now, I'm going to prove to you once and for all no, that there's... No, Peg, don't go in there. He may be vicious. Daddy, hurry up! Babs. My Babs. She, she's in there helpless. I gotta save her. Now I got you, you monster! Daddy, stop! Move into my house, will you? I'll show you. Daddy, stop! Go. And wait! Mr. Riley, wait! Look off! Help. Shut up, you beast! You can't talk yourself out of giving. <laughs> It talks! The rabbit talks! (laughs) But, Mr. Riley, it's me, Simon. Oh, Riley! Oh, Daddy, you thought the rabbit was real! Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It ain't ain't a real rabbit. It's a weasel. (laughs) Sure, it's me, Mr. Riley. What a revolting development he is. (laughs) Simon... Get out of that costume, you faker. But, Mr. Riley, Take it off, I was... or I'll rip it off. There. It's off. Simon! Get out of this house! <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going. I know the way by heart. And don't come back. No daughter of mine is going to go out with an imitation rabbit. <laughs> these Easter eggs for the kids. Well, if you hadn't thrown Simon out, Daddy, you wouldn't have had to dress up in that rabbit suit. I don't need Simon. I got enough brains to be a rabbit. Well, better get started. Come on, kiddies. Your Uncle Bunny's got some lovely Easter eggs for you. Now, who's first? Uh, oh, here you are, little girl. Take your egg and, uh, why, uh, well, what's the matter, little girl? You afraid of Uncle Bunny? What are you staring at? Is that so? Well, it so happens that these are my own ears. Next week, to hear the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley.
Life of Brian is produced by Irving Brecker. And listen again next week when Prell brings you The Life of Riley. And now, stay tuned for Truth or Consequences. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's The Life of Riley from March 27, 1948 with the giant Easter bunny starring William Bendix, sponsored by Prell and Lava. It's heard on NBC. Prell shampoo. Remember P-R-E-L-L. I, I used Prell to shampoo. use Prell. Did you used to it put a green. pearl in it and let it... Uh, no, remember? because it was they would put, like In the tube. commercials, they would put a little yeah. pearl in it, and it would sink to the bottom really small. It was really in a, small, like a tube. Really uh, slow. We, we used to use that. Was it in a tube? Yeah, That's maybe, how yeah, I remember I think it. it was. You're right. And then lava soap. I wonder that if we still have lava know. soap. I'm not sure. Oh, well, as heard on NBC. Maybe they made lava soap in Hawaii. Yeah. You know, because there was lava. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. It's possible. Right? You never know. All right. Before we tune in to the great Gildersleeve in an Easter show, I want to remind all of our listeners about our surprise boxes. Right, Lisa? Surprise. Oh, my gosh. They're going so fast. Good. Tell I'm our so listeners glad. about them. We have three of them. Yeah. One of the number that's one. That's one better than two. I think so. So the A number one, the one that's really selling out quickly, is the classic radio on CD. Yes. The number two box is classic movies and television on DVD. Yep. And number three, are you making sure I'm saying it right? I'm just number three is the Twilight Zone audio dramas I'm just on checking CD. On you. All three are great. They're just different different than each other. It's $150 value, but it's only thirty. And you get hours and hours of enjoyment with all of these boxes. And the great thing is they are handpicked with love. And we put in the boxes a whole variety of things. And we'd be happy if you ordered one, two, or even all three of them. Yeah, people have been. And they're reordering because they like it so much. So if you like classic radio shows on CD, you'd want Surprise Box 1. If you like classic TV shows and movies then you're a surprise box two person. And if you like the Twilight Zone radio dramas, well, guess what? You're a number three, but you, you could be a, a one, a two, and a three. This you need not choose. Right. Get $150 worth of product for only $39.99. And uh, the f- most fun part about it is it gets sent to your door, and you're not sure what it is. You open it up, and it's like Christmas. Or for you, Hanukkah. Either way, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) So do check out our surprise boxes to learn all about them. Just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. There'll be a pop-up tell you all about our surprise boxes. Okay, it's time now for an Easter episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Let's go back to April 1st, 1953. This is called the Easter Sunrise Service. Here's Willard Waterman in part one of The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents its traditional Easter program with Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve. Well, in the town of Summerfield, it's the day before Easter, and The Great Gildersleeve's family is making elaborate preparations for the occasion. Marjorie has selected a new Easter outfit, Leroy has a new suit, And they've resolved to do something different this year, attend the Easter sunrise service. 
Of course, the great Gildersleeve hasn't heard about these early morning plans. It's something I've always wanted to do, Leroy. Yeah, it'll be keen. Boy, I can't wait to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Let's go talk to Auntie. Auntie! Help, where are you? In the den, children. Are we interrupting anything? No, not at all. Just glancing through the paper. <laughs> Looking for an Easter gift for Grace and Leela. Oh? Yeah, I guess I could get them some of these two-pound chocolate Easter eggs. They're not too expensive. Well, if you want to be cheap, why don't you get them an Easter rabbit and let him lay the eggs? <laughs> Leroy, I'm not trying to be cheap. I'm just trying to hold down expenses. Easter's beginning to cost as much as Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, do you know what I want next time? Hey, Leroy, please. Now then, what's the purpose of this delegation? Well, Unky, we have the most marvelous idea. Tomorrow we're going to sunrise service. Yeah, we're getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. 4 o'clock? Well, have a good time. Auntie. Just leave quietly and come home quietly. You mean you don't want to get up at four o'clock? No. But, Auntie, the sunrise will be beautiful. Marjorie, I've seen the sunrise. I worked my way through college delivering milk. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the 11 o'clock service the way I always do. And I'll need my sleep, so I'll be alert when I pass the collection plate. I don't want to drop it again. <laughs> well, of course, I can drive Leroy and Bertie to the service, but... I wish you'd come along. Oh, is Bertie going? She's singing in the choir. A hundred voices, huh? Well, I would like to hear Bertie sing. But if there are 99 other voices, I wouldn't hear much of Bertie anyway. Hey, Bertie! Yeah, Leroy! Unc doesn't want to hear you sing. He doesn't. No, no, it isn't that, Bertie. But I intend going to the 11 o'clock service tomorrow. Had my day all planned. Very busy day. We all have a very busy day ahead, Unky. Yeah. I know Bertie's going to be busy. Bertie's going to sing like an angel at sunrise, then she's going to fly home and bake the ham. <laughs> you ought to see Bertie's choir robe, Unk. Really? Oh, it'll be a beautiful spectacle, Unky. Cedar Hill will be banked with flowers. Yes, I read about that. Well, I've been there every year, and it's worth it just to hear those trumpets when the sun comes up. It is, Bertie. Oh, Easter's such a thrilling day. And, Unky, you'll see all the beautiful women in their new spring dresses. Uh, well, if you children insist. How a boy, huh? Glad you changed your mind, Miss Gilsey. Well, I didn't exactly change my mind. I've been considering going for some time. But I wanted to be sure all of you were as willing to get up at four o'clock as I am. Oh, brother. You say, look at Petey's window. All decorated for Easter. That rabbit holding the talcum powder looks just like Judge Hooker. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go in. I still don't have gifts for the girls. Hello, Petey. Hello, Mr. Jonesleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you this morning? Uh, Petey, what would make nice Easter gifts for Grace and Leela? Well, Easter is usually a little chilly. How about giving them a hot water bottle? <laughs> uh, one for each, of course. No, Peavy. How about some perfume? Perfume? Women like to dress up for Easter in a good perfume, and like this is the crowning touch. Yeah, how much is it, Peavy? Twelve dollars an ounce. That's the crowning touch. <laughs> well, what the heck. Wrap up two bottles. It's Easter. Okay, well. Planning a big day, are you? Yes, indeed. Peavy, guess what important official is getting up at four o'clock in the morning for the sunrise service? The Reverend Mr. McNair? Hey. 
Well, he's got to be there. Now, I'm thinking about a fellow who's just volunteering. You don't say. Yep. Taking the little family. And I'm passing the collection plate at the 11 o'clock service, too. Well, good for you. I went to both services one Easter. Is that so? I didn't sleep the night before, not wanting to miss the sunrise service. And by 11 o'clock, my eyes were so red, I wore dark glasses at church. <laughs> you did? And you know what the minister did? He lectured me for staying out all night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But Mrs. Peavy and I always enjoy the sunrise services. Of course, it's usually a little foggy at that hour. Well, I haven't been up at that hour since I was an air raid warden. Well, you better take a flashlight. There's a tendency to bump into trees. Oh? If you're going to show off a new suit, it's well to take a cushion along. Peavy, I'm not the sort of person who just goes somewhere to show off. I'm wearing my old blue serge. Yeah, you can't hurt that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. It's quite a climb up Cedar Hill, Mr. Gildersleeve. Peavy, are you trying to discourage me? Oh, my, no. I consider it quite a rewarding experience. In fact, Mrs. Peavy and I would be going this year if she could stand the track again. Yeah, are you settling for the 11 o'clock service, are you, Peavy? Yeah, but between you and me and the gatepost, I'd rather get up at 4 o'clock and go with you than go to the 11 o'clock with Mrs. Peavy. <laughs> I don't follow you. She insists on wearing her new Easter bonnet. Well, what's the matter with it, Peavy? <laughs> that bad, huh? Worse, it's one of those dove-on-the-nest affairs. Oh? Mr. Gildersleeve, I don't mind having people point at Mrs. Peavy's hat, but when bird dogs start pointing, it... <laughs> Peavy, it can't be that bad. No, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Well, Gildersleeve, you're ready for the sunrise service. Yeah, I wonder if I will need this flashlight, Phoebe sold. Who's that? Oh, the judge. Here I am, Diogenes. (laughs) Judge, what do you mean, Diogenes? With that flashlight, you must be looking for an honest man, and here I am. (laughs) All right, Judge. Hop in, Gildy. I'll take you home. Oh, thanks, Horace. That's where I'm headed. Gildy, why are you carrying your flashlight in the middle of the day? Well, I need it in the morning. I'm getting up at four o'clock. You're going to the sunrise service? You bet. Then I'm going to the eleven o'clock service. Well, you must have a new suit you want to display. Judge, you're as bad as Petey. I'm not going to church just to show off my clothes. Besides, I don't have a new suit to show off. I see. Here comes the bump, Gildy. Uh, what bumped me in the back of the head? That's my canteen. Canteen? What is all this junk in the back of your car? Thermos bottles, blankets, folding chairs, and a buffalo robe. <laughs> Judge, where are you going? On a safari? I'm taking Miss Matterhorn to the sunrise service. Will you need all this equipment? Well, you have to prepare for it. You're not just taking a flashlight, are you? Well, I... And besides what I have in the car, Miss Matterhorn is packing a lunch basket. A lunch basket? The road to Cedar Hill is narrow, Gilday, and with several hundred cars up there, it takes hours to get home. Miss Matterhorn and I enjoy the service, then spread our lunch and listen to the singing of birds and the clash of bumpers. (laughs) (laughs) That 11 o'clock service looks better and better. 
I thought it was all settled that you'd go. No, Marjorie, they can conduct the sunrise service without me. You, Leroy, and Bertie, go and enjoy yourselves. Well, I don't know why you don't go. My dear, I might not get back in time to pass the plate at the regular service. Judge says traffic is pretty heavy out there. Auntie, you've just cooled off on the idea. Well, I'll admit I'm not as keen about it as I was this morning. Why? Well, Phoebe and the judge nettled me. They accused me of going just to show off my new Easter suit. But you don't have a new Easter suit. You just don't want to miss out on your sleep, that's all. That has nothing to do with it. I'm staying home as a matter of principle. All right, Uncle. That's your final decision. That's my final decision. <laughs> all right, Bertie. Hello, Bertie. Good afternoon, Miss Tuttle. Come in. Thank you. Well, it's Grace. Hello, Throckmorton, Marjorie. Hello, Miss Tuttle. Grace, I was about to come over and pay you a visit. Really? I have a little Easter gift for you. Oh, that's very thoughtful of you, but why don't you give it to me early tomorrow morning? Early tomorrow morning? Uh, Leroy told me you're all going to the sunrise service. He did? Well, uh, uh, would it be terrible of me if I invited myself to go along? Oh, why, Leroy, Bertie, and I'll be delighted to have you go with us. Uh, Grace, I had no idea you planned to go to the service. Oh, I wouldn't miss it. Marjorie, you should see my Easter suit. Oh, I want to. It's blue pastel file with PK collar cuffs and gloves to match. Oh, it sounds darling. Yeah, it sounds great. What the heck is file? <laughs> and that isn't all. I have matching linen shoes and hat with file trim. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, brother. <laughs> isn't Easter thrilling? What are you wearing, Marjorie? Well, I have the cutest linen dress with a full skirt and a fitted top, and it has eyelet trim. Very smart. Yeah, I can see this is no conversation for a man. <laughs> oh, Throckmorton, here we are talking about our new outfits and not letting you get a word in. Well... I know you're going to be so handsome in your new Easter suit. Handsome? Well, thank you. <laughs> I like to see men dress up. You know, people don't look just at the pretty girls. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get a powder blue pinstripe. <laughs> I just love them. Well, I must go. See you bright and early in the morning, Trotter. Yes, indeed, Grace. Bright and early. Bye-bye, Marjorie. Bye, Miss Tuttle. Uncle, I thought you decided not to go to the service. You going after all, Mr. Gilsmith? And why shouldn't I go? Miss Tuttle's talking into it, Miss Marjorie. She had nothing to do with it. No, I thought you weren't going because of what the judge and Mr. Peavy thought. Why should I worry about what the judge and Peavy think? I'll put on my new suit and go. You don't have a new suit. Well, I'll get one. A powder blue pinstripe? Well, I had that in mind anyway before Grace mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> That's the first portion of The Great Gildersleeve. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, we'll tune in to the conclusion of The Great Gildersleeve from 1953. Then James Stewart stars as Britt Ponsett on a good Western adventure of The Six Shooter. That's next time right here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.